The message you're about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, wave to one or two people and say, good morning, God bless you. I prophesy to you that your time will come today. Amen. So let's be seated. We continue with our series on going higher. As we now move on to part 66, part 66, we were looking at 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, where it says, 1 Kings 19, verse 19, so Elijah departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. We stopped last Sunday on the issue of authority. That God told Elijah specifically, go and handle the issue of the king of Syria. Then go and handle the issue of the king of Israel. And then go and anoint your successor. But Elijah, who was were known for being absolutely obedient to God, changed the order and went to Elisha first. We were talking about the issue of prosperity, of poverty rather, issue of poverty. We told you that you must take your family first before you begin to consider any other thing. In all your considerations, put your family first. Elijah put the one who is to be his adopted son first. He decided to put first the prophet before the king. He decided that there must be a Samuel before we can talk about King Saul. There must be first a Samuel before a King Saul. For Samuel chapter 3 from verse 19 to 20. For Samuel 3, 19 to 20. Samuel was established a prophet 
in Israel. That's in 1 Samuel chapter 3. King Saul only came on the scene in 1 Samuel chapter 10. You can read it from verse 1 to, to the end. 1 Samuel 10, 1 to the end. The prophet is superior to the king. Why? The spiritual controls the physical. Put God first. In any other thing you want to do, let it be God first. In Second Chronicles chapter 1 from verse 6 to 15, 2 Chronicles 1 from verse 6 to 15, when Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings to God, and God paid him a visit and said, what do you want? You have an open check. He said, ah, give me wisdom so I can look after your people correctly. Man of God, woman of God, seek the spiritual before you talk about the physical. As you are growing higher, please build the people before you begin to build church building. The elders have a saying. They ask you to build your child. That is, train your child. Send him to school. You say, no, I'm building a house first. They say it is the son that you did not build that will sell the house that you have built. Put your son first. Build disciples first. Particularly as you are growing higher, because God is going to take you far. Your ministry is going to grow. When your ministry begins to grow, you are going to need disciples to help you sustain the growth. When your congregation, and I know some of you will say, I have no congregation yet, you are going to have. Don't think I have been spending so many Sundays on going higher for no reason at all. What I'm actually doing is I'm building you up too to be my disciples and through me to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's work ahead. You're going to learn more about this. We're going higher now, so we should begin to go deeper. Consider the redeemed Christian Church of God, for example. 
It doesn't matter the anointing that God may have put on me. How will I be able to handle the explosion that God has brought to us if God had not prepared disciples? And God is going to make us a thousand times bigger than we are. So we are going to need much more disciples through you. Solomon said, hey, give me what I need to take care of your people. God said, good. You've answered well. I give you that. And what you have not asked for, I will give to you. But that's one aspect of priority. Another aspect of priority that you need to learn is how do you even pray? Because some of you go to God in prayer, bombarding the heavens with your requests. Is that what should be your priority? In John chapter 4, from verse 23 to 24, John 4, 23 to 24, the Bible says, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. It is now that we are calling the garden of children of God on Sunday or any other time, a Sunday service. It wasn't so in the beginning. It was Sunday worship at the beginning. We gathered to worship God. Worship. You know it will be fully satisfactory to God if you go to church on Sunday and you do absolutely nothing other than just to worship him. He will surprise you. Oh, I know. He promised you he will answer your prayers, etc., etc. That is true. But Isaiah 55, verse 6, Isaiah 55, verse 6 say, You must seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. And how do you know when he's near? When you worship him, he will come near. Then Jeremiah 33, verse 3 can then kick in. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, call on me. I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. How good is your praise life, man of God? How much time do you spend in worshiping him? Priority is what I'm discussing. When we are praising God, Worshipping God, many of you mighty men and women of God, you'll be looking at us as if all we are doing is we're just uh, 
We haven't even started. You see some pastors strolling casually about when praise and worship is on. Oh, what they are, they're just doing praise and worship. The service hasn't started. Oh, by the time praise and worship is over, the service is almost over. You need to go back to a lifestyle of praise and worship. Priority, priority. That's seeking the spiritual first before you begin to talk of the physical. I know a time on this campground we were going to have a, a weekend of I think it was a special legal service. It was going to be Friday and Saturday. And I was praying on Friday. God, people are coming. Perform miracles. Signs of iron, he says, sun shut up. All I've done for you, how much thanks have you given? I want you to praise me and thank me and do nothing else. That's all I want. Yes, Lord. I praise him. I worship him. You can remember that night like yesterday. 14,000 people were healed in one service. I didn't have time to pray for healing. I just worshiped him. After we finished the service, I went to my uh, prayer room, fell on my face, thanking him, and he spoke. Son, keep on worshiping me, and I will do more tomorrow. At that time, we, we, the entire congregation was just a little over 14,000. How can you do more tomorrow? You have healed almost everybody. By the following day, all those who came the day before had gone to town to announce to their friends, ah, something happened yesterday. Hey, you, you were not there. You missed. The following day, the crowd gathered like we have never seen it before. That day, when we called forward those who were healed, and I made sure the ushers counted them one by one, 16,000 people were healed. When a church grows from 14,000 to 30,000 in one day, you can, become, you can be sure I was frightened. You will get more from him, praising him, worshiping him, than bombarding heaven with your request. Keep that in mind as you grow higher. And then that brings me to another point. I hope that first point is well taken now. It is the issue of diligence. Issue of diligence. You say, where is that? Oh, the Bible says when Elijah arrived, he met Elisha busy in the farm. 
he had 11 laborers plowing. He joined them plowing with the truth. Hey, many of you, if you have <laughs> 11 employees, you will never join them in working anymore. <laughs> you are CEO, managing director. Let the boys do the work. Uh, you must be a big man to have at least 11 people already in your employment. No. Elisha was hardworking. He was diligent. It is written that God is sovereign. Psalm 115, verse 3. Psalm 115, verse 3. Uh, God is in the heavens. He does as he pleases. But God is not arbitrary. Take note of that, my son, my daughter. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says clearly, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God lays a lot of emphasis on diligence. Everything you do for him must be done diligently. Every facet of your life must be permeated with diligence. Exodus 15 verse 26. Exodus 15 verse 26 he says, when you are listening to me, you are not to just listen. You are to hearken. Know what that means? Listen with rapt attention. That's the meaning of hacking. And then you are not just to hacking. You are to hacking diligently. He said that you can be sure. I will make sure you don't even fall sick. Say because then I will become your own physician. Hacking diligently. Deuteronomy chapter 28. You can read it from verse 1 to 13. It's a passage many of you love to read, I'm sure. Deuteronomy 28 from verse 1 to 13. Loaded with blessings. Oh, that's where he said that. Uh, you, you'll be running from blessing. Blessing will be pursuing you and overtaking you. He said that enemy comes against you one way, they will flee from you seven ways. That's where he said, oh, you will never borrow. You'll be lending to nations. That's where he said you will be head, you will not be tail. You'll be above and not beneath. But read verse 1. Read the condition for all the blessings. He says... If you were hacking diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to do all that he commands you, then the blessings will begin to follow you. 
and overtake you. Diligence. He lays emphasis on diligence. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. Proverbs 12, verse 24. He says clearly, it is the diligent that will bear rule. The hard-working fellow is the one who will reach the top. He is the one who will rule over the lazy ones. Proverbs 22, verse 29. Proverbs 22, verse 29. He says, Seest a man diligent in his business, he will stand before kings and not be before me, man. Diligent people. Oh, God is love. God is interested in you. He loves you so much. If you are the only one in the world, he would have sent his son to die for you. But let me tell you the truth. If you are not diligent, you will fail. You are not diligent. Those who are supposed to be inferior to you will rule over you. That's what he says. The diligent will be a rule. And I've said this to my children who are students, and I hope they are listening to me now. You say you can pray. You can quote the Bible. And you are not studying hard. You will fail. And they say to me, well, what about the scripture that says the Holy Spirit will remind us all things, all things that you have studied, all things I have taught you. Ah, where is the Holy Spirit? When I fail, what is the duty? I say, ah, the Holy Spirit, he will comfort you. Oh, my son, you failed this year. That's not the end of the story. You just delayed your promotion by one year. Learn your lesson. Go back to being diligent, and you will begin to rise. Diligent will bear rule. The Bible says the slothful shall be under tribute. You are lazy. You are the one who will supply what the diligent we used to enjoy. You don't believe me? Go to the football field when there is a match. See the crowd at the stadium who pay to enter. And see how many people are going to share the money they, they pay to enter. The diligent will be a rule. The slothful shall be under tribute. Where are you where you are now? Could it be that you are slothful? God never called the lazy. Because some of you will say, how come he chose Elisha? Because he saw a diligent young man. How come he chose Peter? 
Luke chapter 5, from verse 1 to 11. Luke 5, 1 to 11. Peter fished all night. Lazy people don't fish all night. Lazy students don't study all night. When he chose Matthew, read Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. Matthew was a tribute con con co collector. He was a customer. He found him at his point of duty. Don't spoil the, love, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by being lazy in your place of work. God is not interested in lazy people. You want to grow higher? You must be diligent. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, he says, pray without ceasing. It takes diligence to pray without ceasing. In Matthew chapter 7, from verse 7 to 8, Matthew 7, from verse 7 to 8, he says, seek, he says, ask, seek, and knock. You ask and keep asking. You seek. You keep seeking. And when you finally find the door, knock and keep knocking. Keep knocking. Luke chapter 18 from verse 1 to 5. Luke chapter 18 from verse 1 to 5. Jesus himself told us the story of a woman who needed help. And went to a judge, the one who can help her. Help me. The judge said, I don't fear God. I don't fear any man. I'm not going to bother myself with you. The woman said, we will see. The woman kept on troubling him until the judge said, even though I don't fear God, I don't fear man, if I don't do something about the case of this woman, she won't let me rest. Keep knocking until the door is open. You have something you have been asking God for? Keep knocking. Don't give him rest until the answer comes. And the answer will come if you knock hard and long enough. I remind you of the story of uh, a woman who came from the north. We've just finished our convention. I don't know why she came late. And I was very tired. I got home, gathered my family together, prayed a short prayer. And you know there's a kind of prayer you pray when you are tired. Lord, thank you for everything you have done. See you tomorrow. And I went to bed. I told my wife, I don't want to be disturbed. I am tired. If you want to know how tired I was, I only removed my shoes. I didn't remove any other thing. And I hit the bed. Almost as soon as I got in, a woman came from the north. I asked my children, is daddy in? They said yes. But he's not seeing anybody. He's in. They said yes. Good. 
And she sat down at the front of the door. I'm not going anywhere till he comes out. He's not coming out today. The woman said, who is talking about today? Uh-uh. They gave her food. She ate. She sat down there. I just I was drifting up to sleep. My wife came and knocked at the door. Woke me up. Then I told her I am tired. And she said, I know. And there's a woman at the door who says she's not moving. You better add a case to your tiredness. I had to get up. Came to her, what's your problem? I came from all the way from the north. There is something wrong with my head. It's always refusing good things. Touch this head. And that's the end of the story. I will be okay. She got what she wanted because she refused to let go. In prayer, you must be diligent. So after the service today, don't just go back and begin to drink tea or something. Pray without season. And I will hear your testimony soon. But those of you who say, ah, yeah, I'm not a child of God. Um, so I bet you say I should pray. Uh, it's not going to open the door if you have not opened the door of your own heart to him. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Revelation 3 20. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And you are saying, no, I don't want Jesus to come into my life. I just want the miracles he can give. You'll be wasting your time. So I appeal to you, if you want your prayers answered, open the door of your heart to him now and let him come in. And if you want to do so, just bow your head where you are and cry to him, Lord, come into my life. Come and take control. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. Pray that simple prayer. I will pray with you now. And very soon, you will see the difference that Jesus can bring. Let us pray. My Father, my God, I want to bless your holy name. I want to give you all glory and honor for your word. I want to thank you because I know you are going to answer prayers today. And all these people who have decided to surrender their lives to you, please receive them. Forgive their sins. Save their souls. Please receive them into the family of God. From now on, when they cry unto you, please answer them by fire. And don't let them ever backslide. As for all those who are already your children, who have been knocking and knocking, please, Lord, at the next knock, open the door to them. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Please join us on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God.